It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show, she's being brought to you by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy right now while you're watching this show. Go to uh, Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble or drop me an email, Billy, or you can do a uh, couple of different emails, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com or Bill at BillyCBoxing.com. All right. I'm uh, real anxious to get this show going. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, Francis Naganu fight. We're going to talk about uh, the rumored uh, Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather rematch <laughs> uh, and some other stuff. Um, but first, I wanted to just touch base, get it out of the way. I wanted to touch base uh, about the fight from last weekend, uh, the return of Virgil Ortiz, a junior. He improved to 20-0 and with 20 knockouts when he scored a first-round uh, stoppage over Frederick Lawson, who drops at 30 wins, four losses, 22 of his wins coming by knockout. Um Referee Tony Week stopped the fight. Uh, you know, everybody was all over him for stopping it uh, way too early. Two minutes and 43 seconds of the first round, to be exact. Um, look, the referees are instructed to stop a fight sooner than later. Um, it is to protect the fighters. Uh, so from that respect, you know, you, you can't argue. You can't. Because uh, every single referee that I've ever spoken to will tell you the same thing. It's better to, to stop a fight too soon than to stop a fight too late. Um, but in this particular case, I'm not going to criticize the stoppage because that would just, uh, you know, be hypocritical to, critical of what I just said. Um, but I will say this. The comments that Tony Weeks made after the fight uh, about the uh, uh, abnormal brain scan and that there was an aneurysm and all that, that was bullshit. I mean, he shouldn't have done that. Uh, that undermined the uh, commission, uh, the doctors, uh, the promoter, everybody. Uh, it was a little weird that, uh, that he said that, so it would be interesting to see uh, what, uh, what transpires from that. Okay, um, now, uh, the news in boxing, at least in the heavyweight division, Anthony Joshua and Francis Nuganu uh, is scheduled is scheduled to fight uh, in March. Uh, I believe March eighth is the uh, is the projected uh, um, fight date for this. Um, it's uh, uh, it, it, it's it's a Friday, I think, uh, March eighth. But um, apparently, there's going to be a, a full blown press conference Monday about this fight. Um, my initial thoughts on Anthony Joshua against Nagano, I like it. I like the fight. And I'll tell you why. Look, 
Tyson Fury, arguably the best uh, heavyweight out there, um, at least at times, uh, stepped in the ring against Nagano. Nobody gave Nagano a chance, including myself, uh, the odds makers, no one. Neither did Tyson Fury in his camp. He didn't train for this fight. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is I give Nagano all the credit in the world uh, about, uh, you know, uh, being in the shape that he was in, training with Mike Tyson, all those things that we, we learned about after the fact. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, is he fought a Tyson Fury that took him very lightly. Um, now, here's the thing. If you want to take a look at this fight uh, and uh, really analyze it, you have to say to yourself, okay, Nugano, you know, he's only going to get better if he stays in the heavyweight uh, division for boxing. He's only going to get better should he continue to uh, uh, hone his boxing skills, all right? I think we saw that, you know, he did enough to, to make it interesting against Tyson Fury. I still think Tyson Fury squeaked out the win. He dropped Tyson Fury. He's got unbelievable punching power, um, which is a big plus for him against Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua's chin is suspect. Um, but, but, but here's the thing. You know, I've always liked Anthony Joshua. Um, I, 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 you know, his safety first and uh, his sub, uh, subject chin, it might have turned me off a little bit. Hey, if we're watching uh, or listening right now live, come on into the chat room uh, in, on YouTube and uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, also, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, or subscribe to our podcast. Anyway, and I just want to give a shout out to everybody listening uh, uh, or watching the show after we aired it live, uh, specifically on uh, YouTube or podcast. Uh, my man Joel just popped into the uh, chat room. Uh, long time, Joel. Uh, glad to have you with us. Um, so anyway, my, my thoughts on, on the fight itself. First of all, it's going to be uh, in the new fight capital of the world, uh, Saudi Arabia, which uh, is great. Um, uh, they put on a great show there, and they, apparently they're they're hemorrhaging money. So uh, you know how boxing is. Uh, they follow the money, follow the money, follow the money, right? Uh, so that's where it's going to be. Um, now, Anthony Joshua uh, has uh, uh, my man Oliver just popped in. Another uh, uh, sad sack Jet fan uh, like myself. Uh, but uh, thank God it's over. Jets, right? Just end the season. Um, but. Uh, uh, in any event, uh, Anthony Joshua, um, you know, he's going to have, you know, here I am going to say he's going to have the height and reach advantage, but geez, so did, so did Tyson Fury, right? I mean, Tyson Fury's bigger than uh, Anthony Joshua. I just think that the, the, the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. I don't think that uh, Anthony Joshua is going to take Nagano uh, lightly, and I think uh, Anthony Joshua's boxing skill specifically his jab and footwork, uh, is going to make this a one-sided fight for Anthony Joshua. Um, it's not going to be an exciting fight. Uh, but Anthony Joshua, I think, is going to win the fight. Unless, unless uh, Francis Nugano catches him, then it's lights out for Anthony Joshua, which there's always that chance. That's the beauty of the heavyweight division. And that's the beauty of Francis Nagano, to be honest with you, is his punching power. Now, if I'm Nagano, I'm, I'm back in the gym right after Tyson Fury fight, and I'm trying to hone those skills. He worked with Mike Tyson, right? Well, that's the way he can beat Anthony Joshua. 
get inside. He could, you know, the, the same thing, you know, uh, Tyson Fury's got this big body. He uses his weight. He leans on fighters and it, it eventually tires you out. Now, I'm not saying that Naganu got tired because he looked like he had pr plenty of gas left in the tank. But Anthony Joshua doesn't have that mass, that body mass uh, to uh, to hang on. Uh, Nuganu. As a matter of fact, I think he would be nervous to get that close. I think we're going to see Anthony Joshua try to distance himself with his jab and outbox in a Klitschko-esque type of a performance um, because uh, I, I think that's his uh, way of winning. As far as Nuganu, Nuganu's uh, chance of winning this fight is to go balls to the wall and attack Anthony Joshua. He doesn't like to get hit. He has a tendency to to, to, to go back, you know, to lift his head back. Uh, and I think Nuganu, if he could incorporate a, a good body attack, uh, could uh, could work the body a little bit on Anthony Joshua and then come up top, upstairs and uh, and hope for uh, uh, landing a punch. He, he did seem to have that overhand right. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the odds are out. When when the fight was announced, uh, Anthony Joshua uh, was a uh, favorite. Uh, you had to lay 500 bucks to win 100. Uh, Naganu was plus 325. That was when it first came out. I did not get uh, any updated lines. Um, we are going to get the full press conference on this fight uh, Monday. Um, but it's be it, everyone in the know is expecting another big card like we got uh, a couple of weeks back. And one of the fighters that uh, they're talking about being on the card uh, looks like Deontay Wilder. Um, and Deontay Wilder, uh, I know that his team uh, is looking uh, forward to that fight. They really want him on that card. Um, and uh, uh, they've been talking about uh, a couple of opponents, and the guy that, uh, you know, I was going to talk about Zili Zhang uh, on this show when I was preparing to do the show, the topics and stuff, uh, last week, and, I, you know, I kind of felt that he he's become the odd man out with the all the heavyweights that fought on the last card, uh, the Day of Reckoning card, um, you know, it seemed like some of Zhang's uh, options kind of went up in flames, you know, because I, I look at uh, Zhang and, you know, there's there's a couple of options for him, in my opinion. Now, by the way, he's the WBO interim uh, heavyweight champion, and I think the best fight for boxing would be him against Joseph Parker. But... Uh, Parker's obviously, you know, has better money uh, fight options uh, like a potential uh, fight against Anthony Joshua, which we know now would have to wait till after the Naganu fight uh, or wait uh, for the winner of the uh, uh, Tyson Fury uh, uh, Usyk fight, which he's, I believe, the mandatory for uh, one of those uh, fighters. Uh, one of the titles, I should say. Um, so, you know, he's got that. Uh, you know, I, I also like uh, the fact that, um, you know, this fight could be held in China for a huge money fight. 
but I doubt that uh, we're going to see any big fights outside of Saudi Arabia for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think Danny Dubois, I think Andy Ruiz Jr., I think uh, uh, KBL, I think they're all great fighters. Um, and I think they would all make a good fight with uh, Zhang. However, I think the fight that you're going to see next will be Deontay Wilder against Zili Zhang. And the truth of the matter is, with that fight, Zhang is a perfect opponent for Deontay Wilder. Look, I, you know, you look at this guy's record, and yes, he's 26 wins, 21 coming by knockout. He's only got one loss in which he wasn't stopped. Uh, Philippe uh, Hergovic uh, uh, beat him in uh, 2022, August of 2022, via a 12-round decision. Um, you know, he's 40 years old, which, uh, you know, if we were having this conversation years ago, we'd be saying, oh, 40 years old, uh, you know, he's too old. But, I mean, as we're going to uh, move on in the show and I get to uh, Peter Beef's fight uh, with Smith, you'll see those ages there. Um, but uh, Zhang is a southpaw. He's he's a big dude, six foot six. Um, you know he's a he's a big guy. He's slow as molasses. He's gonna stand right in front uh, of uh, of of uh, Deontay Wilder should this fight happen, and uh, Deontay's gonna get his mojo back and and stop this guy. Um, when you look at him, he's got a a, a decent reach, of course, um, but the computer ranks him at number seven. He's not ranked in any of the major sanctioning bodies because he's the interim WBO world champ. But the truth of the matter is, is his best wins were two back-to-back KO wins over Joe Joyce in uh, April uh, and uh, September of this past year. Um, he, he really has no other big wins. I mean, you could make a case, maybe, uh, of his 2020 fight, a fourth round stoppage over uh, Devin Vargas, who was uh, 22 and six at the time. Um, look, look for uh, this fight. Look for Zhang to be on this card, uh, fighting Deontay Wilder. I think that's what you're going to see, and uh, uh, I like it. Um, I just got a comment before I move on in the chat room. Uh, RLHL says Nagano can also knock down Joshua, but Joshua does seem to have a better punch resistance than Fury based on the number of fights uh, they've been rocked and dropped. Um, I don't know, man. That's a, t- that's a tough one. Uh, I, I, I think if Nagano, dro- I think if he drops um, Anthony Joshua, it's going to be lights out. I think that uh, Tyson Fury... Uh, has shown us, uh, you know, not only in that fight, but also, of course, with the Deontay Wilder fight, that he does get up. I mean, that first fight, I thought that, you know, uh, Tyson Fury was, was uh, he looked dead. I'm surprised they didn't just wave that one off. Uh, and uh, he, he got up from that. Uh, I, I think that Anthony Joshua, like I said early, is going to uh, outbox Nuganu. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think he's going to put on a boxing lesson uh, for Nagano, and and that's not slighting Tyson Fury. I, I just think that Tyson Fury is more of a defensive uh, fighter in terms of his talent. I, I think just he excels in defense and and being able to uh, use his weight and size advantage uh, to tire his opponents out. And then then you know uh, since he's been with Sugar, um, 
you know, he, he has developed some pop with all that size. So, um, but, but Anthony Joshua uh, used to be a really good finisher. Should he get Nagano in trouble? Uh, I, I, I would look to see him finish him. But I, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm expecting a, a Klitschko-type performance from uh, Anthony Joshua. I think he's going to play it safe. I think he's going to outbox him and win a decision that most people are going to call uh, boring. Um, my man Joel says, I think AJ hasn't been the same since the Ruiz fight. I expect Nagano stops AJ within six. Um, I, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if Nagano knocks out Anthony Joshua, but I don't see it happening uh, only because of Joshua's uh, skill. And Joel, you're 100% correct. He's not the same fighter because he's learned to not care about and let's face it, he, you know, he admittedly was in poor, in, in, in probably the worst shape of his career when he fought Ruiz in the first fight and comes back in the second fight and fought a, a technically sound fight against Ruiz, who Ruiz was in the worst shape of his life for that fight. So, you know, you know in this sport of uh, professional boxing, anybody that takes an opponent lightly uh, is foolish because on any given night, look, a friend of mine and a, and a former world heavyweight champion uh, and who's going to be on this show, we're going to do a spotlight uh, on him uh, in the very near future, my man Ray Mercer. He, look, he told me, and, and I'm going to ask him, he'll tell us on, he told us on air, but he's also told me off air, and I'm sure he'll tell you again. You know, the only fight that he regrets in his whole career was the Klitschko fight. And, and what he'll also tell you is that he didn't take it serious and he didn't train hard. And if he could do it all over again, um, you know, he would have uh, he would have had the right mindset. So, uh, you know, uh, they all do it for some reason. And like the old saying, it's it's hard to, uh, uh, you know, train as diligently as you used to when you were, when you were hungry. And then once you start sleeping on silk sheets and, uh, you know, have a, a maid uh, and butler uh, hanging around and serving you, it's a little hard to get up and, and do the work. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. The card sounds like it's going to be good. We're going to know Monday, so I'll be able to talk about it next week. Uh, but, uh, but that's that. Uh, Anthony Joshua against Francis Nugano in March, March 8th. Uh, next big fight in Saudi Arabia. So uh, stay tuned. We'll talk about it uh, next week. Another fight that's been uh, in the news um, as potentially uh, happening. Um, Floyd Mayweather against Manny Pacquiao, the rematch. Now, you know, there's a lot of rumors about it. Nothing's been announced. I just want to go out there and say this. You know, I, I, it's sad that both of these guys, um, considering the the gazillions of dollars that they made, um, are still doing it. As far as Floyd Mayweather is concerned, Floyd Mayweather will continue to do this because he's so stupid that he doesn't pay his taxes, right? So he's fighting these fights, these exhibitions, just to pay some of the back taxes. The same thing is going to happen to him. He's going to end up with no money because he, he you know, he likes to do stupid stuff with the money. As far as the fight itself, you know, they're talking about an exhibition. If it's labeled an exhibition, nobody's going to win, all right? Uh, you got the Pacquiao fans saying that he won the fight, which, you know, come on. 
Uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, he's just a, a fairy tale guy. He's a fairy, uh, you know, and he's got a tail. No, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, talks all kinds of shit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And he runs and runs and runs. Um, you know, he, he's a self-proclaimed uh, the best ever. He's not. Okay. He's the best in his era. You can give him that. But he's not the best era ever. There's many, many fighters that, uh, that you know, got to 50-0 you know, before, uh, you know, they lost a fight, but they continued to fight over 100 fights in their career. You know, Floyd ended it at 50, and, and just because he retired, uh, you know, claims he's the best. Um, would I pay for this fight? You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because um, I, I don't believe that it, it would be real. Um, and when I say that, if if they both announce that it's going to be a, a real fight, not a exhibition, um, and they both get cleared to fight medically, then I could see uh, the fight uh, being somewhat interesting. And I would lean towards Manny Pacquiao. Look, you know, if Manny Pacquiao did not injure his shoulder, now I'm not, you, you've never heard me make that excuse like Manny did and his fans did and everything else. He should have never stepped in that ring if he wasn't 100% because you know damn well Floyd wouldn't have, okay? So he can't use that as an excuse. However, I will say that um, if they do fight and if it is a real fight and they are both healthy, as healthy as they can be in their 40s, um, I would say Manny Pacquiao. Uh, I would say Manny Pacquiao will win the fight. He's He's got... You know, Floyd's got his defense. Manny Pacquiao's got his hand speed. Both of them obviously slowing down with age. I just think Pacquiao uh, would have... Uh, I, I think if they both fought in their prime five years earlier than they did, Manny Pacquiao would have knocked him out. I mean, I, really. Um, but uh, but we'll see what happens with that. There's already lines in Vegas on it. Um, Mayweather's the favorite. You're laying a, 130 bucks for 100. Manny Pacquiao's plus 100. That's fairly close with today's uh, uh, boxing um, uh, um, lines, which are, are, are crazy. Um, I guess uh, they opened um, uh, at 140, minus 140, and Pacquiao at plus 110. So apparently there's some early money going on uh, Manny Pacquiao. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens, um, you know. Uh, I agree with my man uh, Oliver. He's saying these fights hurt his legacy, just makes us roll his eyes at Mayweather. Listen, a lot of people are realizing that Mayweather was a, was a fraud in a way. I don't think, and, and don't get me wrong, um, I, talented, talented fighter. And I, my argument with about Floyd is that I don't think we ever saw the best Floyd because he never let us. And the re, when I say he never let us is he never challenged himself. He really didn't. When he Once he became... Uh, you know, Money Mayweather, it was all cherry pick, calculated risks. You know, uh, that's smart, and it was it was good for his bank account. Um, but this is why I blame, uh, you know, the state of boxing today on Floyd Mayweather. And speaking of Floyd Mayweather, this is a great example right here. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Ryan uh, Garcia, uh, wanted to fight Devin Haney. Devin Haney put on a great performance uh, in his last fight and uh, really uh, shot up. I mean, I, I finally 
uh, have uh, uh, thought what I should have been thinking of Devin Haney a long time ago, that, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that brings it. He's not afraid to, to fight the talented fighters out there. He wants to challenge himself, and he comes to fight. He's in shape, all those things. Um, and Ryan Garcia saw that, saw that he was a slick fighter, and uh, wanted to make that fight, which I respect, Ryan Garcia. Uh, but then, apparently, the rumor has it that uh, he took a jog in Vegas with none other than uh, Floyd Mayweather. And then after the jog, he comes back and says, no, we're not going to fight Haney. We want to fight Raleigh instead. And, you know, uh, Oscar De La Hoya freaked out, uh, you know, supported Garcia, saying we'll, we'll make any fight for him. Uh, and and make it a great event, uh, but uh, he he says uh, De La Hoya said, and I quote: "Pre-run with he, he texted he uh, posted this on social media. He writes: "Pre-run with pre-run with Floyd equals Ryan wants Haney. That's what he was saying before the run. Post-run with Floyd, Ryan wants Raleigh, <laughs> and this is why I feel he's destroyed uh, the sport of boxing." He's ruined every fighter he's been involved with. Adrian Brown is a great example. Even Errol Spence, uh, both of them, you know, um, he because of his success, people want to copy what he did. And you know whether or not Ryan Garcia does or not, it's it's a terrible approach for the sport. It's a smart approach for the fighter if you can make the money and and not, you know, ha of course have less risk. Um, but if you care anything about the sport, that's not the way it should be. Now, I, going back to the comment about Tony Weeks, this is where good officiating and good medical doctors ringside and commission requirements with meds and all of this, this is where I support them being strict. New York, uh, Nevada, New Jersey, uh, all very strict commissions. Um, I know uh, Mohegan Sun, uh, the, uh, the the tribal uh, commission there, and, and even uh, Turning Stone, they're all very strict as well. Um, you know, if you have a strict commission that requires proper medicals and all of these things, then you have the officiating crews that will look out for the fighter's safety and, and stop a fight when they need to. That's fine. That's what the fighter needs to depend on not the fighter depending upon himself of picking a guy that isn't going to be a challenging fight because that doesn't handle that doesn't help the sport of boxing and that's what Floyd has done and that's what he's selling to other fighters you know um and and Jason is asking me shaking says how is Broner's downfall Floyd's fall well I, I, look the truth of the matter is he started hanging around with Floyd he was under Floyd's uh, uh, under Floyd's tutelage. It was the same thing with, with uh, Errol Spence. They start believing their own press clippings. Floyd, you see, Floyd never did the stuff that these guys did. Floyd, look, I give credit to Floyd. I'll tell you one thing about Floyd. Floyd was always in good shape. You never saw Floyd hanging out, drinking, and, and, and getting all uh, uh, you know drunk and, and doing drugs and all these other things that some of these other fighters fall prey to. But Floyd also has the ego where he never wants one of his protege fighters to ever be as good as him, so he would never do it. Look what happened with Tank Davis. Same thing, you know, um, and, and you can compare. You can also, <coughs> excuse me, look at the PBC fighters, and they're all the same. As a matter of fact, 
Uh, what did I see? Uh, Charlo gets uh, this was this happened before the new year, but Jermel Charlo arrested, uh, charged with assault. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, these guys, they, you know, they just can't 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 keep it clean. Uh, Jason saying that's Broner's problem. Okay, well, um, you know, then you do what you got to do, Jason. I'm just telling you, my opinion, you, that's your opinion. I respect it. My opinion is that Floyd has ruined the sport of boxing because of his safety first approach, you know, and and the self-proclaim that his self-proclaiming that he's the best ever is a, is a joke. Okay, I'm a boxing historian. I have went and and there's so many fighters that that we can name that are better than Floyd Mayweather. Um, and you can't just look at the record. See, that's the problem with young fighters today and young fans today. They look at the record and they say, oh, well, he's undefeated. He must be good. You know, no, look at the opponents. You know, I'd rather take a fighter that has fought all these tough fights and not come out on top and, and you know, have that guy, excuse me, on my team versus a fighter that's never been challenged. You know, I, I think a great example was, um, who's the, uh, that welterweight? Andre Berto, okay? Andre Berto was coddled and, and, and you know, guided so well. And then all of a sudden he wins the title. Now he's a champ and he loses for the first time. And what do they say? They start saying, well, he's still developing. Wait a minute, what do you mean he's still developing? You know, developing a fighter should be taking place before they win a title. That's because titles are easier to get today. It's easy to get a title. It's hard to hold on to one. You know, there was a, a, a conversation going on uh, earlier today in, on social media about uh, of Floyd Mayweather and Harry Greb. And, um, you know, they laughed. I, I laughed because Floyd Mayweather, throughout his whole career, ends his career 50-0, right? Harry Greb, in one year, in less than two years, was 50-0, right? And then the question was, you know, uh, could Harry Greb have beaten Floyd Mayweather? And my answer is, of course he could have. Of course he could have. You know, I mean, no question. And and even the fighters in the 80s, the, the Fab Four, Roberto Duran, Tommy Hearns, Marvin Hagler, and yes, even Sugar Ray Leonard, all of them would have beaten Floyd, every single one of them. Here's the problem. They all fought each other. Floyd never would have fought these guys. He would have ran and ducked and hid, you know, unless Floyd goes back in time and is actually Floyd Sr. because Floyd Sr. fought... Uh, a lot of uh, talented fighters. And I've always said that if uh, Floyd Sr. Uh, fought Floyd Jr., both in their prime, I would lean towards Sr., assuming that he had the same defense as Jr., uh, he had a better punch, and he had that more of a killer attack uh, style. But uh, anyway, um, we'll see what happens with, uh, with that. I personally think that Floyd doesn't have to come back to fight Pacquiao. I don't think he feels that he has to either. I just think, uh, uh, I, you know, you know, Jason, I, I can, you know, he's saying Hagler's too big, bro. Uh, okay, you know, everybody always said that about uh, Floyd. Oh, he's too small. He's too small. He's too small. Eh, nah, he's not. He wasn't. And you know what? I, I, if, if you think Floyd is that great, more power to you. I, I respect you for it. I think he ruined the sport personally. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, I give him credit for, for taking the sport, uh, taking his conditioning seriously. I, I give him credit for his financial gain. 
Um, and from that respect, for cherry picking his opponents, I, I give him credit for that. But as a historian and a boxing purist, it's what I dislike the most about him. Uh, he did do some great things uh, for uh, people, other people, um, like paying off his daughter. No. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, it was pretty funny just to close the book here on uh, Floyd. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya said, hey, Floyd, if you want to give Ryan the secret to defense in the ring, that's great. Other than that, if, you're still a promo- if, if you are still a promoter, like it says, F off. He's telling him, stay away. And I said to myself, ooh, wait, ooh, wow. Maybe, maybe Oscar De La Hoya and Mayweather rematch. Huh, you know, uh, but uh, uh, let's, let's, let's see. Oh, so, so my man Jason, he's telling me Hagler's too big, bro. Hagler's too big, bro. Uh, but then he says Leonard Mayweather is more realistic. I guess Jason forgot that Leonard came back and fought Marvin Hagler. You know, uh, Tommy Hearns was a was a, 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 a welterweight who ended up fighting at middleweight. And actually, he went all the way up to light heavyweight, you know, as they age. Roberto Duran was by far one of the greatest, greatest lightweights ever. People forget how great he was as a lightweight. Okay, most people remember Roberto Duran during the Sugar Ray Leonard ever when he moved up in weight and was fighting... Uh, welterweight Sugar Ray Leonard and he went on to fight uh, middleweight uh, and, and everything else so so please um, let's let's not use that as a uh, as an argument okay uh, big fight this weekend um, is uh, um, taking place with a tour B2B against Callum Smith uh, we got uh, some other fights later in the month and then of course in February Tyson Fury Fury against Usyk uh, let me give you my thoughts on the fight this weekend. And by the way, uh, it looks like we're going to do a post-fight show on that. Uh, so uh, it is what it is. Um, Artur Bidabiv, he's 19-0. Uh, uh, All of his wins coming by knockout. He uh, is uh, uh, he's, uh, uh, 38 years old, five years older than Callum Smith. He's ranked uh, uh, as the number two uh, world light heavyweight uh, by the computer, which I found kind of kind of amazing. Uh, Bivol is ranked number one. Uh, despite uh, Otur having the WBC, IBF, and WBO uh, titles, the computer somehow ranks Bivol in front of him, which I found uh, uh, interesting. Uh, anyway, five foot eleven and a half. Like I said, he's given up three and a half inches, seventy three inch reach, given up five. Um, he had uh, some pretty big wins. Uh, of late, Anthony Yard, uh, Joe Smith Jr., Marcus Brown, all good wins for him. Um, he's a type of fighter that uh, uh, is very fun to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see him in the ring with Callum Smith. Now, you take a look at Callum Smith. Uh, now, I just mentioned uh, Peter Beaver is uh, 38 years old. Uh, Callum Smith's 33. He's six foot three. He's got a three and a half inch uh, height advantage. Uh, he's got a seventy eight inch reach. That's a five inch reach advantage. Um, he's got a record of twenty nine wins, one loss. Twenty one of his wins coming by knockout. His only loss was his twelve round decision loss to Canelo Alvarez uh, back in uh, twenty twenty. 
He's ranked. Uh, uh, he's got no computer ranking because he's been out of the ring for more than a year. But he's ranked number one by the WBC, number twelve by the IBF, number two by the WBO, and he's not rated uh, by the WBA. Um, you know, after his loss to Canelo, which was super middleweight, um, he uh, moved up to light heavyweight. He's got two knockout wins since then. He stopped Gilbert Castillo Rivera in the second round. In September of last year, uh, I'm sorry, September of uh, 21, and he stopped uh, Matthew Borderleak uh, in the fourth round on uh, August 20th in 22. That was his last fight. That's why he's been uh, 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 out of uh, uh, out of contention. Um, as far as uh, uh, out of the ranking, I should say. Uh, as far as uh, his record, you know, um, his win against John Ryder was impressive. Uh, his win against Georgie Groves was impressive. Eric Sokolin was impressive. Rocky Fielding way back in 2015 was impressive. Um, this guy, um, he's got the reach. He's got a jab. He can box. Um, he's got a chance. But my official prediction is I think Peter Beaver is going to stop him like he does with everybody else. Uh, and Callum Smith uh, is going to uh, make a, a, a decent payday. And um, that'll be that. Hopefully, uh, should uh, this turn out like this, and no disrespect to Callum Smith, but should he lose this fight, it should set up a showdown between uh, uh, Dimitri Bivol and uh, uh Bivol has stated that uh, he wants this fight, um, and uh, we'll see what happens with it. Um, and he said that if he wins that fight, Bivol, uh, there's nothing left for him to uh, prove in the sport. And just looking ahead, which I, I really don't want to, because anything can happen. And Callum Smith has the boxing ability and the brains to just frustrate B2B during the whole fight and, uh, and outbox him. I just think that uh, he's going to have a hard time doing that. But should um, the fight go the way I'm predicting a knockout loss for Smith, and Bivol and B2B take, uh, get it on. You know, I, 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 you know, as talented as, as Bivol is, I think B2B is a, is a special fighter. Um, and, and we were looking at, and I say that because he's just, he's a beast. And uh, he's 38 years old. You know, we're talking about uh, boxing history, right? And you go back in, 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 the, in the sport and, you start talking about ages of fighters. You know, um, 38 was way over the hill. I mean, way over the hill. I mean, it's not as uncommon today. I mean, uh, Nagano is 38, I believe. Uh, Zhang is 40. Um, uh, Deontay Wilder, I think, is 38. You know, so, I mean, a lot of these guys are all in their late 30s uh, and beyond. And they're still fighting. Uh, you got to contribute uh, today's technology with nutrition and training techniques. Uh, have to uh, have to add for that. Um, I agree with Jason on his prediction. He's predicting uh, uh, a, a B2B knockout in six rounds. I think that's about right. I think it's going to be probably around eight, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, it's a good fight, and make sure uh, if you're uh, up uh well the question is if i'm up 
uh, after a couple of scotches, uh, I will do a post-fight show. If not, I'll be doing it crack at the crack of dawn. So, a um, couple things I just want to uh, close with here. Um, uh, I had a couple of emails, and if if you have an email, you have a comment, uh, drop me an email, and I'll read it on air and comment for you uh, live. You can send it to uh, either one of the email addresses: Bill at Billy C Boxing dot com or billy at talkinboxing.com t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g dot com um my man rick sent me an email and a couple of these were from a couple weeks ago i just haven't had a chance to read them um he sent me an email about daniel dubois he says hey billy c i still want to know what you think of daniel dubois and where he stands in the heavyweight division I've become a fan of his ever since the Usyk fight and feel like he finally put it all together with his KO over uh, Miller. I think he was robbed of the title against Usyk, very similar to your boy Tom Molino, and I think he would be a legit problem for anyone in the heavyweight division. Curious to know what you think of him. Um, I like him. I thought that you know his career uh, was rushed along a little bit. He's got the knockout uh, power. I think that his performance against Miller um, showed me and a lot of other people a, a, a lot about him. I think he's right up there in the mix. Um, you know, I, I think I, w- I would love to see him take on one of those other fighters I was talking about before. Um, you know, maybe even an Andy Ruiz Jr. or a Hergovic, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, those, those guys, any of the other fighters that were on that card. You know, uh, how about how about him and, and Joseph Parker? You see, the, the problem is we can come up with some great fights, right? But because of all the sanctioning bodies and all the titles, these guys aren't going to fight somebody uh, that might be a good fight for the sport and might be an entertaining fight for us, the fans. Uh, but they're looking at the title and the money. So it'll be interesting to see. As, as far as Daniel Dubois is concerned, he wants to fight the big names. He says it himself, and he knows that fighting the big names will bring some bigger money. I think he's a, a guy to watch. He's young. That's also a big thing about him. And I think that if he gets, uh, if he keeps improving, uh, that's going to be a, a good thing. So I'm, 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 I'm with you, Rick. I like him. I've liked him since he came out. I, like I said, I thought they rushed him along a little bit. And what I mean by that is they hand-fed him some, you know, some cupcakes, you know. I mean, uh, he, he didn't get to the point where he's a diabetic yet with all the sugar, but, uh, but he did get some cupcakes. And, uh, and, and I think that, you know, even the Usyk fight, although he, he did uh, give Usyk some trouble, um, he wasn't ready for a guy like Usyk, and he still isn't. He still isn't. You know, Usyk's a, 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 unique, a unique fighter. You know, he's uh, mentally strong, which is the, the number one thing I, I think that not only fighters need to have, but we as humans, society, you know, we, we've become mentally weak. And, it, and you can see it, uh, you know, with a lot of younger people and, and then with the athletes and, and all this stuff. You, you got to have this, the, the strong mental uh, approach and you got to be strong mentally uh, in addition to physical, and I think that that's what make you—that's what makes Usyk um, so good. And um, 
I think Daniel Dubois was just in that fight too soon, but it will be interesting to see where he goes from here. I'm, for one, uh, look forward to that. Um, I got another email here from uh, Jordan, and uh, this was uh, about the uh, Day of Reckoning fight. He says, uh, hey, Billy, I hope all is well, and I hope you and your family had a great festive season. Thank you very much, and same to you. We did. He says, I'm glad to see that you're back on. I've been watching your uh, first first few shows back when I can. Uh, from the UK so prior to that I was recapping your old shows hey listen man we're in our 21st year so if you ever uh, uh, have the time you should go back and check out some of the shows there's some really good this this especially when we were doing the morning show um, uh, 21 years worth the worth the content it's all over the place out there a lot of it I don't have anymore and uh, we had a great run uh, so check it out it was it was good uh, he says uh I uh, I wrote a f- the following few questions before I knew you were doing a post-fight show for the Day of Reckoning, uh, and could you please respond? So he says to me uh, here, the first one, how far do you think Hergovic can actually go? Uh, he is likely to fight AJ now after Tyson Usyk for the IBF uh, title. Uh, too much for AJ, I think. A competitive boxer with power. And in the Zhang fight, showed his heart too. What's your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, we know now, uh, since you've written this, Jordan, that AJ's fighting Naganu. I don't think, uh, I, the way I'm reading this here is you think that he's too much for AJ. I don't think he's too much for, for AJ. I, I like him, and I think that he's a, a, a guy that we got to uh, see more of, but I, I, I'm not so sure he's too much for AJ, but we'll see how AJ does against uh, Nagano. I, I do like, uh, I, I like Hergovic. Uh, I think he can go far enough for a, le- a legitimate shot at the title. I'd like to see him fight Zhang or, or Ruiz next. Um, that was my comment, but as we see, it looks like Zhang is going to be fighting Deontay Wilder. Andy Ruiz keeps being the guy's, uh, his name is the one that people keep leaving out, and I don't understand why. You know, I mean, somebody should uh, uh, do it. Uh, my man uh, Jay Perez says he thinks AJ knocks Naganu out. I think I, if, you, if, if you would have tuned in a little earlier when I first came on, my prediction in that fight, um, I, I, I think AJ can knock anybody out, but I don't think that that's going to be the fight plan against Nuganu. I think AJ will um, will fight cautiously in a Klitschko-esque type performance and win a fight that everybody's going to say was boring. Um, second question for from uh, Jordan. He says, is Frank Sanchez a genuine threat to the champions? I was impressed by his slow, methodical approach and stepped on the gas only when he saw the opportunity, and when he did, it was a good night. It was when he when he did it, it was good night. Granted, against a limited opponent, but you can only beat who's in front of you. I saw a lot of flaws in him, and I really like Frank Sanchez. Uh, you know, he's got uh, a lack of footwork. He uh, no head movement, which has become rarity today uh, in the sport of boxing. I mean, it was such a uh, such a a staple in boxing yes, in yesteryear. Uh, it was one of the first things uh, trainers taught you was the jab and head movement, you know, and uh, it just seems that, you know, we got head hunters now and, and no head movement. 
between the rah-rah men in the corner and the headhunters, I mean, you know, we wonder why. Uh, and I can't blame that on Floyd, Jason. Can't blame that on Floyd. Uh, but uh, anyway, I do like him. Uh, and I want to see more of Sanchez. Um, he says, I was impressed with Dubois' uh, performance. He showed good movement throughout through sensible combinations. And at times, uh, he had a show he has a chin. I'm not sure what Dubois uh, uh, is to expect next time out. I think if he continues as he did against Miller, expect him to be there uh, for the big fights. Um, he says, uh, I knew uh, Makhmadov would get exposed at some point. Big, tough man who turns out uh, has heart too, but has large gaps that they were that, that there were to get capitalized on by a competent boxer. We'd like to see KBL against Sanchez, Dubois against Parker. Uh, both of those would be good fights. I agree. I love KBL. Um, you know, he came into that fight. I, I love the way he fought. Um, I'd like to see him against Sanchez. Uh, you know, Dubois against Hergovic, uh, that, that, that's a great fight too, you know. And, but like I said, I just think that uh, uh, Andy Ruiz is is a guy that people are leaving out, um, you know. But uh, uh, I, we got my man uh, from Don King, uh, who everybody who's ever watched this show knows I'm a, <laughs> I'm a fan of Don King. I think he... Uh, uh, brought a lot to this sport. Everybody always blames him for everything. He's still one of the best interviews I ever did. Uh, they they think A.J. buckles under a big punch. Should Nagano catch him? Of course he'll buckle under a, a, a big punch from Nagano. Nagano's got uh, crazy power. But I think A.J. is going to be able to outbox him. I think he's going to use his arm uh, reach and his footwork, and he's going to dance around the ring, and he's going to make a boring fight and get the W. Uh, but uh, that's what makes the fight interesting. Nuganu can uh, knock him out. So, um, anyway, um, you know, the top guys need to fight each other. Um, I think that, you know, um, that's how you earn it. And unfortunately, we've left... Thanks for the email, Jordan. Unfortunately, we've left that um, train of thought and now, you know, fight fans look at, uh, you, you get this guy, all of a sudden you never heard of him, and he's, you know, 25 wins and no losses, and they say, oh, he's good, and they don't look at any of the fights, you know. Um, Jay Prez says, uh, KBL fought really well. It's rare to see a heavyweight who goes to the body constantly. Listen, the body is the key to any weight class, whether it's heavyweight or uh, flyweight. You know, you got to work the body. It's proven. It slows fighters down. Look, the two most, the, the aside from activity, the two most things that, or actually I'm going to say three, that has been lost in the sport of boxing from when it was great to what it is today is, number one, the fighters really don't fight the challenging fights as much as they used to. Nobody... Uh, works the body and has head movement like they used to. And we don't have the teachers in the sport like we used to. We have rah-rah men. We have part-time trainers. You know, back in the day, boxing was a trade, okay? Boxing was a trade, you know, like a carpenter or a plumber. You know, that's tradesmen. Well, a boxer was a trade, okay? There was so many fighters, so many fights, and it was so popular, Okay. 
So what would happen is a kid would walk into a gym and, uh, you know, want to try it, you know, and uh, maybe maybe they wouldn't let him in the ring. You know, all the stories I read, Stillman's gym, uh, you know, and and stuff, you know, kid would walk in, I want to fight, you know, and be like, "Ah, you can't fight. You're too young. Here, sweep up this, uh, clean up that, do this. And the kid would be hanging around the gym, hanging around the gym. And then finally somebody takes him under their wing and they, they, they train him. And he becomes an amateur fighter. And then he goes on and fights, uh, amateur fights, and, and learns uh, the sport and then turns pro. And then, you know, fights as a pro and, and accomplishes whatever his talent can, can get him, uh, whether he becomes a, a, a journeyman fighter or a contender or even a world champion. When his days are over, you know, it's not like he, you know, rides off into the sunset. He's still back at the gym. Guess what? He becomes a trainer or he becomes a manager or he becomes a promoter. And you got a boxing guy in the sport of boxing. That's what's missing today. Today, boxing, all it takes is a checkbook. If you got money in a checking account, you could be a promoter. You could be a manager. You could be anything. You know, you, you know what it takes to be a, a corner man? Uh, you know, you you think these guys that are that are so called trainers and the guys that are in the corner, you you think they 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 show some kind of uh, training or or some type of certificate to show that they they know what they're doing? No, all they got to do is pay the twenty five or fifty buck uh, fee to get the license in whatever commission they're fighting for, and poof, they're a trainer, they're a corner man, they're a this. Uh, that's the way it is. It sucks. It's not right. Boxing should have boxing people involved. You know, that's when you look at any other sport, professional football, professional baseball, you know, uh, basketball, hockey, whatever. You know, football's got football people running football. You know, baseball's got baseball people running baseball. You know, these uh, former baseball players, they're the ones that become scouts. Former football players, they become scouts. They know what they're looking for. You know, it's all the same thing. The only, the only people that sometimes don't have that background are the owners. But there's a lot of owners that are too, you know. So it is what it is. Listen, I can go on and on uh, about that. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, my man John from Don King is saying, Corner Man, 50 bucks in Tennessee, uh, three-minute application. Yeah, that's it. There's your corner man. Poof. You're the you're you're the you're the head trainer. You're the main corner guy. And you you don't know a left hook from a fish hook, but guess what? You had fifty dollars in your pocket and you just got a license. And by the way, the thing that uh John's leaving out here is that not only are you uh a licensed in that state, it's good for a year. It's good for a year. So you got a license. And then and then you showed out to another commission. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Here, pay this. You know, so it's pretty funny. But anyway, thanks for joining me. Uh, I know uh, we, we, we covered a bunch of little stuff today, um, but uh, listen, I plan on doing a post-fight show uh, either right after the fight or very, very early in the morning uh, uh, after the uh, Bitter Beef and Smith fight, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, you got any uh, comments, questions, concerns, drop me an email. I'll talk about it on the show. Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com or Bill at BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. I look forward to the next time. Uh, if you don't tune in for the uh, uh, post-fight show this weekend, make sure you tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel right here. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and download our podcast. Until then, I'll see you next time.
Ciao, baby.